0: all right hey everybody out there good evening welcome to the season finale of the 573 report it has been deemed the season finale because mitchell 40 and i discovered like we don't have that much to say um (laughs) there's nothing going on and when there's nothing going on we're not super interesting to be quite honest with you um and and i like we appreciate you guys hanging out, but we don't just want to hang out on the internet and talk about nothing for an hour every Wednesday night. Cause like Mitch, I don't know. I could just text you and talk about nothing if I feel like it.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. We, we entertain ourselves from time to time, but trying to trying to do it for a whole hour and like doing things other that other people might even care about a little bit is tough. Like if it was just us two, I don't know. We'd like talk about people we don't like on the internet or golf, but no one, no one else would, would find that very entertaining
0: yeah nobody wants to watch me do a golf show I'm, I'm pretty sure um it's so basically what we're gonna do we're gonna do tonight's show Kim English George Mason basketball coach obviously not probably the reason you all know him but uh that is what he is currently doing he's gonna hop on here with us in about five minutes and uh we're gonna talk to Kim for a little while about his new job and and all that and then uh I don't know we'll take some questions kind of wrap up but basically then it, this show is definitely coming back in August uh when fall camp starts. It there will be things that happen between now and then. When they do, we may periodically just say hey, it's been 3 weeks. Let's do a show tonight. We'll give you guys, you know, a, a day's lead time and all that. So we'll be here periodically throughout the summer, but I don't know, Mitch, it's been eerily quiet. Like I understand spring football ended early it was March 25th but like usually in the offseason still things happen but nothing's even happened now I say that and I, I know I'm cursing us <laughs> tomorrow and Friday but you know
1: yeah, no, it has been for sure. I mean, it's been um I mean, it's quite a while without any news happening. You know, we talked to Console Martin once, but I mean even like the, the basketball transfer thing has, has settled down a little bit. Um, you know, the Missouri football recruiting got off to kind of that hot start and so that has slowed down, especially as uh as as you know, the NCAA has allowed for visits in June. So everyone's kind of gonna wait and, and take those visits. So like we'll we'll have some some recruiting stuff I'm sure to talk about in the month of June. Um, you know, July we'll have media days and I'm sure we'll have a a few things sprinkled here and there but yeah it's been it's been a quiet little stretch here and I'm not I'm not complaining I'm not too upset about it
0: yeah it's all right um obviously the uh the NFL draft starts tomorrow we're not gonna mess around with that a ton because we had Eric at home and and did the whole draft thing uh last week but uh just kind of a couple Mizzou things of, of note while we get going Uh, The Denver Broncos trade for Teddy Bridgewater, which, like you were saying in our extensive pre-show meeting, is actually good news for Drew Locke. I mean, because the alternative is they take Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Mac Jones or whoever it is at number nine, and then there is stock in wanting that guy to start. The Broncos don't really have a ton invested in Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Right. So yeah, this, my opinion is this is a good, good thing for Drew Locke, which probably a lot of people didn't think when they saw the news today on the surface, but, and, and yes, Adam Schefter said, you know, oh, this doesn't necessarily take them out of the quarterback market. I will believe that when I see it. I think every you know a draft team, you know, wants to to right. kind of play coy and say, Well, we might still do this. It would not make a lot of sense to trade for mm-hmm. Trendy Bridgewater and then take a, a quarterback in the first round. Um, they were always gonna bring in someone to compete with Locke because they, they don't have a backup at this point. So, you know, they were gonna bring in someone, whether it be a, a player through the draft or a veteran. They gave up like a sixth round pick for Bridgewater. That's it. And, you know, I, I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot. The guy I rooted for when he went to Louisville. He's always seemed like a you know, a high character dude but like if you can't beat out teddy bridgewater you probably don't have much business being a starting quarterback anyway um so i i definitely i don't think this is the worst thing for drew lock um you know maybe it 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 lights not that he's lacking fire but maybe it it, the competition lights a little fire under him uh, going into
0: camp is it possible at all that they trade drew before the draft and take a quarterback tomorrow night yeah, I mean, I'm sure
1: it's possible. I, I, I do not have sources within the yeah. the Broncos organization, but yeah, I would, I'm sure that's possible. Um, if if some team's interested and has draft capital, they're interested right. in, maybe you know, you bring in Bridgewater to kind of mentor the next guy who you're planning to draft and move throughout. That could happen. Crazier things have happened. I would be a little surprised at this point. Um, I I always thought the most, you know, realistic thing was, or at least the best option was going to be to, to, you know, bring in another guy to compete with Drew, give, give him slash Bridgewater, you know, this season to see what they can do with a healthy team. And if it doesn't work, I, you know, I I'm all for pulling the plug, firing the coach tanking and trying to get the number one pick in next year's draft and start from there.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, You know, I really have no reason to watch the draft tomorrow night. I usually watch the first round, but there's no Mizzou guys probably going to be picked. It'll be, I think at this point, it's a big upset if Nick Bolton goes in the first round. And the Chiefs don't have a pick, so I'm just going to tune in on Friday. Um, You know, I don't really see any need for me to watch tomorrow night. Um, But we know what the first two picks are, and you're San Francisco at number three. Now, assuming Kyle Shanahan warned us, Look, we don't even know if we're going to be alive tomorrow. So they may not have a pick tomorrow night. But if they do have a pick, who would you take?
1: That's the most coach line of all time. Like when Barry Odom would always say day to day. Like, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I would pick Mac Jones at number three. Um, Like, I I just, I don't know. Yeah we talked about this a little bit last week. It gets crazy to me how, how much quarterbacks have gotten overvalued to the point that like, if, if you've got a sure thing like Trevor Lawrence, yes, you take him because that can change your franchise. But like a guy like Mac Jones or even, you know, even Justin Fields or Trey Lance, like there's, there's enough question marks there that I would be really tempted to say we, I know the first, Two picks are going to be quarterbacks. I can get basically the best available overall prospect in the draft at number three. That's hard to pass on. That said, the 49ers do have a lot on their route. It's not like they have, you know, gaping holes. I'm sure they have positions of need. Um, And quarterback, you know, has been a little iffy uh, with Jimmy G, ineffective and or hurt a lot. So I guess, you know, if I had to pick a quarterback that wasn't Trevor Lawrence or just or um, uh, sorry, Zach Wilson, it would be Justin Fields. But that does not seem like the what the 49ers are going to do.
0: Right. I mean, truthfully, if I was picking number three, I'd probably pick Jamar Chase. Or, right. Yeah. Or, or Kyle Pitts. Yeah, or, or, someone like that. Yeah, Kyle, I, I'd probably pick
1: Kyle Pitts, although I, they have a good tight end.
0: But. They do. But I wouldn't pick – I wouldn't have traded in number three because I don't get this need that, hey, the first five picks in the draft have to be quarterbacks. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I, hey, you know, I, then again, I, my team better not pick a quarterback for the next – 12 years uh you know the the salary cap has already been paid seven times to the quarterback they have so uh hey you talk to uh while, while we're at it while we're waiting here on uh, on our guest you talk to larissa anderson this morning softball is not a thing we do a ton of but kind of part of a series you're starting tomorrow but also hey missouri has a big softball series this weekend
1: yeah, so I'm not gonna give away the full uh the the story series we're gonna start starting next week. Um, it's I think it's it's kind of fun. I think you all will like it. Just kind of an off season deal, but uh, it'll it'll span a few different weeks and give you ch- give give guys uh, give people a chance to kind of look back. But um, I did talk to Lars Anderson, and you know, softball's been playing really well. They swept Mississippi State two weekends ago. Took two out of three from Arkansas last weekend. So they're right there in the in the thick of the SEC uh, regular season title race, and they host a top five team this weekend in Florida. And, you know, I thought she, she did a good job of, of summing it up where, you know, she said, um, you know, we, we want to be in this position and this is a big step forward to just be in the, in the talk of a, for a title. And we embrace that, you know, it's not something we shy away from, but you also can't, you know, make it to where one series is, is the season um, because you, you play a lot of good teams in the SEC. You can't get too caught up in any one regular season series. So um, certainly though, if they, if they are able to take two of three or, somehow even sweep this series, it would go a long way towards uh, putting them uh, towards the top in the SEC standings.
0: For sure. Um, So, yeah, big series in Columbia this weekend. I mean, I I didn't see. I know the the potential regional host came out Monday. I'm assuming Missouri was one of them. I actually honestly kind of missed that news. But um, they could be hosting in the NCAA tournament. Um, Real quick before we we move on, and uh, I know Kimmy's going to be dialing in here in just a minute, Want to remind you guys, which I should have done at the top of the show. This show is the Five Seven Three Report, which brought is brought to you by Five Seven Three T's. Oddly enough, um, actually they they are online five seven three tscom dot com. But there's also going to be a physical location in Columbia coming up here pretty soon. And and when that's open and finalized, we'll let you guys know about that, where you can go and and where you can get this stuff actually in person for those of you who are local. I was down there today um, and picked up some uh some t-shirts for another show i do with uh the fine gentleman jg tate and uh neil mccrady uh those are on twitter we're hoping to maybe uh maybe mass produce those by mass i mean more than like the 10 we got right now but um we'll see how that goes so uh they've got good stuff they'll do custom orders they they take care of you 573 com. check them out and uh give them some business uh buy your t-shirts make your t-shirts whatever it is you want to do uh if you just come up with an idea and call them and say hey i want this on a t-shirt i don't know i assume they'll do that uh it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty easy these days so everybody can be a uh a, a t-shirt maker i don't think that's the actual uh phrase uh, to be quite okay. honest with you but yeah we'll see. that works uh, okay so um uh, All right, Mitch, if you can fill for just a second, I am trying to uh, solve a technical issue. All right. So just talk about whatever you want to talk about.
1: All right, cool. Well, obviously, I think the the one issue we've had mentioned by a few different people uh, here in the comments is Jamison Williams, the receiver from Ohio State who entered the transfer portal today. Um, we'll start with this. They definitely expect Missouri to be interested. Jamison Williams was a four-star guy coming out of St. Louis, uh, played at Cardinal Ritter, um, played two seasons at Ohio State. Um, he didn't play much his first year, and then Played a, a bit this past season. You, you might remember if you watched the uh, college football playoff semifinal against Clemson, he had a big game. I think he had two long touchdowns, a uh, fast kid, kind of a, a deep threat, um, played some special teams, um, really was a bit surprised that he transferred because, I mean, I thought he, he played a, a good number of snaps uh, for a, you know, basically a redshirt freshman at Ohio State this past season, uh, especially as the season went on. But their re- receiver room is loaded. Um Alabama has been been rumored to be in the hunt, and that obviously is, is tough to beat. But for a kid who's transferring saying, you know, ostensibly for more playing time, it wouldn't make a ton of sense, I don't think, to go to Alabama, which might be the most loaded uh, receiver room in the country outside of Ohio State. So we'll see. I have no idea what Missouri's chances are, um, but I'm pretty confident they will at least pursue Uh, Where are we at, Gabe?
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah, we have. uh, I got a notification that Kim English has joined. Um, He is currently, I can't see him or hear him. I believe his microphone is muted, but we'll get this. uh, We'll get him on with us uh, here shortly. And uh, there's Kim. Kim, what's up, man? You're—I believe you are on mute. There should be a microphone button somewhere on there. If you can unmute yourself,
2: there we go. Is that that? Wait, did I flip my? I can on? now hear you, but I am
0: also <laughs> looking at your uh, refrigerator, baby, dishwasher. Wait, hold
2: on. We're gonna get this.
0: Yeah. That, hey, that—that's cool. It. You're not actually on so. screen yet, so, uh, so okay. that's good. But I there, okay, okay, there perfect. Go. There is uh, Kim English and. By the magic of technology, here pretty soon is uh, Kim English on your screen. Even though, well, that's me, <laughs> Kim. We we are uh, we got you on screen, man. We we got it. Uh, we got it figured out. So uh, appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, I I think yeah. I, I'm confident to say that you are the only Division One basketball coach whose commitment story has appeared on PowerMizzou.com. So you know what that means, man. We're getting old. We've been around a while.
2: Oh, that, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way, but uh, yes, we are getting old.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you, you'll never catch me. I mean, you got that going for you. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a little bit ahead of you. But uh, what, what have the last few weeks been like for you, man? Just, uh, you know, you get this job, and and I'm sure it's you're moving and trying to get everything settled. What's, what's been going on?
2: Yeah, no, it, it, it was definitely crazy. Um, do I sound okay? You sound great,
0: man. Good. Yeah, we can hear you.
2: Yeah, no, it, it, it was definitely crazy. It was, I mean, every coach says it's a whirlwind, and it is. It is that. And uh, because, I mean, you go from being a coach with all these great ideas and thoughts, and, I mean, you've always thought about what your program would look like in the preparation process, but now it's like, here are the keys. And you have a Zoom call at 12 p.m., with your team and all of them are in a portal. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and your initial reaction is like, I want to keep some of these guys. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I spent Mm -hmm. the first few days, you know, ignoring every single text. My my text messages got up to 1200 unread text messages, 800 missed calls, my voicemail box was done. My DMs on both Twitter and Instagram were like ridiculous. And as an assistant coach, communication is like the bedrock mm-hmm. uh, because you always want to keep open lines of communication with players. You never know what conversation could lead to what involvement with which with what player, with what player with which player. So like that was really overwhelming for me. Like it may sound stupid, but to have 1,200. Unread text and 850 missed calls was very overwhelming for me because, you know, I didn't know what was sitting at text number 400. Like, was it this really good player I needed to get (laughs) done? Come to find out, I did miss out on some prospects because of that two-day time period. Um, But I focused my attention right away on retention of our current student-athletes. Um, and I was just getting to know those guys more than the recruitment of them, just getting to know them. So I spent a lot of time on phone with those guys. Um, you know, I had to, as best I could, get as much stuff as I could and ready to head up to, to Virginia mm-hmm. to get to work. Um, I had to assemble my staff right away because what I also realized right away was it um, was really, really important. And just to have those guys help me recruit some of our current guys, help me recruit some, you know, um, guys. we're going to add, it was a lot, you know, and then there's the former player side of it. It's the donor side of it. There, there, I had to get with people who are important to the success of our program. Um, it was overwhelming to say the least. Some um, Really cool things happened when I got the job some of the head coach, some head, some college and NBA head coaches that reached out to me after the phone calls. one call I got was, was, was from Mike Boynton from Oklahoma State. He could hear the excitement in my voice and that I was going a million miles a minute. I was on a plane in Boston and headed back. And he was like, do me a favor. I was like, what's up? He said, Take a deep breath. (laughs) He said, uh, you're not going to win 20 games tomorrow. Yeah. And it kind of dawned on me that I was moving at a pace like was going to win tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I was in Boston's airport and I seen Earl Grant. Earl Grant, who just got the job at Boston College, College of Charleston. So I went up and I spoke to Earl and I'm just like, hey, how, how's it been? Like, I know it's been crazy. And he was like. Yeah, I'm actually headed down to South Carolina, to watch my boys play a baseball game. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like what? Like. I was, I was in Boston visiting one of our kids in a portal and I was going back to have dinner with another kid in the portal's family. And I was like. It wasn't no kids baseball games on my radar. radar. <laughs> um, once my staff got in, once I felt really good about the guys that we were going to add, once I felt really good about the guys we were going to keep, um, it all settled down. It's, it's been great. It's, it's, it's been really fun. <laughs> Well, Kim, uh,
1: thanks. Thanks again for joining us. I know I'm sure this is something you've talked about a lot, both at you know your opening press conference and, and media availability since then. But uh, George Mason, as a program, you know, is a name people will probably remember from their, their run in 2006. They made several NCAA tournaments uh, in the early 2000s under Jim Laranaga, but hasn't maybe you know been there in the past few years. But what what do you see as just kind of the, the opportunity at that program? Uh,
2: it's it's what attracted me to it. You know, I mm-hmm. remember. 2006 well i mean i'm from just up the road about 50 minutes north of here in baltimore um it's the most fertile recruiting in the country there's there's no region of basketball anywhere in america with more players in this two-hour mile radius from philadelphia to southern virginia like i I may not have to get on a plane in the class of 2022 and 2023 there's that many players here and that's really exciting um you know, since 2006, they've jumped from the CAA to the Atlantic 10, which is also really exciting, a great and storied basketball league with great coaches, great players, great programs that have had a ton of success that have been the final fours that has, you know, you know, kicked out NBA talent. That's some multi-bid league. Um, it was a lot of things that were really excited about this place, but, um, as we started to really think about making this a possibility, the alignment with our leadership was really exciting. Like our president, Greg Washington, our athletic director, Brad Edwards, like they want this program to be successful. And that's the only way I operate. I mean, when I was at the University of Missouri, I did not think Kentucky or Kansas was a better basketball situation than Mizzou. Right. right. Like when I was at the University of Tulsa, we were going toe to toe with big twelve programs for players. When I was at Colorado, I thought that it was Crimdale Cri. When I was at Tennessee, I, I was on record saying i would I would leave Tennessee for there was no assistant job in America that I would leave Tennessee for. I, 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 so every place that I've been, I've really dug my heels in and had great conviction about that place. And um, now, obviously I left Tulsa, I left Colorado. So, but I never thought of leaving any of those places until something was put in front of my face. I didn't pursue any job, Tulsa to Colorado, Colorado, Tennessee. I've never had pursued a job in my career. They've always, it's, it's come to me, but I think it's because of how committed I am to the place met and um, I think this place can be special I don't want to compare it to programs but I think this place can be one of the best programs in the country regardless of status, mid-major high-major, whatever you want to call it I think we can compete for players, I think we can compete on the court with any program in the country and maybe that's my young, dumb ambition (laughs) but like, we'll see
0: We'll we'll see Hey, nobody wants to hear the coach say, "Yeah, we're not good enough." Right? You you, you got to have that <laughs> I, attitude if you're going to make it. I'm
2: not saying that
0: at yeah. all. Yeah. Um. Hey, real quick, uh, people watching along on the stream, feel free to uh, shoot questions in the comments. If we've got time toward the end, we'll we'll ask a couple of those to Kim. But you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I had forgotten until Mitch mentioned George Mason in 2006. You know where I was when George Mason made the Final Four. I was in Missouri Arena waiting for Mike Anderson's introductory press conference at Missouri. That was oh, wow. that was the same day we actually watched that game in the basement of Mizzou Arena. So kind of along those lines, I wanted to ask you, you played for Mike, you played for Frank, you've worked for Frank, worked for Tad Boyle, for Rick Barnes. What kind of pieces from those guys do you take into now your first chance to be the guy? Because, I you know, what everybody says that has always been an assistant the first time, they say the head coaches always tell you, you don't know how different it is sitting in this chair until you sit in this chair. So what do you take from those guys you've been around?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I've been preparing, that's a great question. And honestly, not many people know this, but I have a document on my laptop that I've, i mess with and I tweak every year, I mean, maybe monthly in season. It's I call it's the title on my computer is HC doc. It's, it's my head coaching document and it's, what my program will look like. Mm-hmm. And I've had this since I was a player at Missouri. Like my senior year, I felt like I was going to coach. Mm-hmm. And I just started to think of everything from scheduling the spring practice, to summer practices, to recruiting, to the weight defense, offense, it, literally everything about the program you can think of. And throughout the years, if Coach hate would do something. If Mike Anderson did something that I really, really liked, it's in, and it is, it's in that head coach and mm-hmm. document. If Frank Hafe did something I like, liked, I put it in. If we're at Tulsa and Coach Hafe did something I didn't like, I'd write myself a little reminder, like I remember I'm not liking this as an <laughs> assistant, right? And I, I just, I, after every season towards the end, I kind of just go back and I read front to back each season and I get to tweak stuff. Because of experiences that have just happened with Tad, I love Tad Boy. 90% of college basketball games are won before the, the, the ball is ever thrown up. Like that is in my mind from a standpoint of preparation. Um, you know, when I talk about my players, my student athletes, mental health, Frank Haight was so far ahead of his time with the way he coached us as far as, um, first of all, the style of play. Our four-out, one and five-out system mm-hmm. is the reason Mike Bray did what he did at Notre Dame. It's the reason Bill Self did what he did when he went small. Like, it was, we were the first college basketball team to do what Alabama did this season. Like, it was very modern for that time and that era. And I, I talked to him the other day. I said, we probably should have shot about 15 more threes a game. Um, <laughs> uh, what Coach Barnes, I mean, ridiculous impact on me in just two seasons but like it's a little bit of all those guys Mm -hmm. the, the, the 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 hopefully the toughness and the fundamentals that mike anderson instilled in us every single day at practice you know i didn't understand it at the time but there was brilliance in mike anderson's simplicity we did the same passing drills every single day. And I used to think, man, these eighth grade drills we're doing, like,
0: man, I'm such
2: a I'm a brilliant basketball mind. Like give me something. And then I get into coaching and I look back and I'm like, we led the nation in assist one year and we led the nation in assist to turnover ratio. Like, it's because all of those fundamental passing drills we did every day. And I talked about the confidence with Coach Hate, the confidence that he instills in players. Like, I so want. For my players to look at me the way Mark and Phil Pressy and Mike Dixon and myself looked at Frank Hay. Yeah. Tad Boyle's conviction in his program. If you looked at Tad Boyle in the face and said, Coach, I want to go to Duke or Kentucky and not Colorado, he would look at you like you were crazy. <laughs> he thinks that the Colorado Buffalo is the best job, is, it's the best job in America. and Dude, if you don't want to come, if you want to go to Kentucky, you know what? I don't even want you. Like, I want to have that type of belief in the place that I'm in. Coach Barnes is toughness. I mean, the the, the toughness of our program every single day will always withstand the test of time. And uh, I'm still saying our program, the toughness in their program will always withstand the the, the test of time. And um, our guys will be incredibly tough and disciplined. And um, it's an everyday thing.
1: Kim, you uh, talked already a little bit about, you know, the transfer portal, and obviously the NCAA just approved the one-time free waiver and we've seen players enter the portal in in record numbers this offseason. Certainly different, you know, when you are are taking over a new program for a coach that's been let go, but how do you see, um, you know, that this rule creating challenges for a a mid-major program and how do you see it potentially creating opportunities?
2: I just realized something when you were talking, Gabe introduced you as Mitch. You're Mitchell Forty, aren't you? I yes. am. Yeah. Yes. yeah, that's yeah. me. Yes. I see it. I see the, the awareness of the head. I see the, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, yeah. Yeah. There. I,
0: I should have done that introduction. I forgot that, uh, that, that he came here after you were not here any longer.
2: And you right. announce your words and you speak with great inflection, just like your yeah. dad, and I see that now.
1: I have been told we talk alike.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I got it. Sorry. I was distracted. Half oh, you're good. <laughs> but, uh, how am I? How does the portal impact us? Yeah. That- yeah. Just, yeah. Just the, you
1: know, the one-time transfer waiver, I guess, you know, how, how do you see it impacting a school like George it's Mason? Like,
2: well, the former player in me is like, dude, more, more power to the players, man. Go get it. Mm-hmm. Like coaches get to leave and go play. You go do what you got to do. Like, you know, it's, it, it, it puts pressure. It it puts pressure on coaches to uh, live up to the promises that you make in recruiting. It puts pressure on coaches to, like, I always say this, players have a PhD in knowing if you care about them or not. Like, they have a PhD in it. And it it puts pressure on you to be real every day. Like, be real with playing time. Why aren't you playing? Like, Like, coach, what do I need to do to play? Be honest with that answer and that response. And like, you're going to do the best you can to keep your best players. But the flip side is if guys want, if guys don't like their situations, if guys want more minutes or more shots or whatever it may be, and they decide to go elsewhere and they don't like their role on this team, the beauty of the portal is it's a two way street. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go somewhere else, that opens up the door for someone else to come in here you know and that that's fine like we lost a player to high major conference bringing in a player from a high major conference mm. like it's it's fine it's good it's we lost another player to another high major conference bringing in another player you know like it, it's it's i get it like you know i think it's i think it's great
0: Kim, is the downside of it, you tell me if I'm wrong here, but the only downside, I think, of of the, of the what kind of the transfer culture has become is that a class like you and Marcus and Lawrence, that doesn't exist in college basketball anymore. Uh, because the fans your senior year, yes, they loved watching you guys play, but they loved watching you play in part because you'd been there for four years, and they watched what you were as freshmen all the way through, and the connection is a little bit less.
2: No doubt. And I, I've i been talking here with our, you know, marketing and, and social media team about, like, I want to give our fans incredible access mm-hmm. because I want them to know our players and know their stories. Um, I think Baylor loves their guys, you know, right. even though right. <laughs> come from UNLV and right. firm. I think they, they come from other places.
0: You you hold uh, up those trophies. That's a quick way to get everybody to love you, right? <laughs>
2: and, and I think it's just incumbent on us to get those stories out there earlier mm-hmm. and keep bringing in the right kind of guys. Um, you know, I, I, but, but, but yes, I don't think it's impossible. I think it takes a little bit more work to work with Lawrence Bowers through the first two years of less minutes, right? Yeah. To be able to work through Marcus Dimmons' first two seasons of not being a starter, you know, to, to, to have a sit down with Mike Dixon and say, listen, we're bringing in this really good point guard named Bill Pressey. <laughs> like, right. like, you guys can play together. You guys are going to play together. That's in our vision. Like, and even if Mike Dixon thought about transferring and Lawrence Bauer thought about transferring, if Marcus Dimmons, me, after my junior year, I thought about transferring. We all, you always have in the back of your mind, like, I don't really want to sit out for a year. I, mean, right. I had to think about that. Like I'm 22 right now. Do I want to be 24 trying to get an NBA? Like, Oh, maybe I don't want to. You know. <laughs> so now in that moment of disappointment or upsetness now a kid could make a snap decision and say, I'm out mm-hmm. because there is no, nothing holding them back. So, Again, it falls back on the coaches. It falls back on the surrounding, but you know, I think great cultures will do just fine in this era, right? Like, I think the Villanovas, the Virginias, the Gonzagas, the Baylor's, the Kansas's—all all the programs with great culture—I um, omit my last school. I apologize. <laughs> and I think they'll, they'll they'll stand the test of this. Yeah.
1: Kim, uh, I'm actually going to steal a question from one of our viewers because I had it written down as well, and I think it's a good question. It's from Drew Geis, um, and, and I, this is something I picked up from your introductory press conference as well. But he, he says, how have you already made an impact on international recruiting and how big of an emphasis do you place on that in your program? I know that's something that you've, uh, you've talked about since getting to George Mason.
2: Yeah, well, we're going to get the, the, the best high school players we can. We're going to get the best international players we can. We're going to get the best transfers we can. Um, I think player acquisition is so important. Um, I've always said, I don't think if your play style is not mimicking the NBA, I think you're probably missing the boat a little bit. Um, I think if your player acqu- acquisition styles aren't mimicking the NBA, I think you're probably missing the boat a little bit. And global um, scouting of talent has been a part of the NBA for maybe 25 years now, and it's it's hyping up and it's it's ramping up. And, um, we have signed a player from Senegal and we signed a player from Australia in our first four weeks in the job. Um, you know, I've I played internationally, I have great relationships internationally, um, with my former clubs, with my best recruiters, my teammates that are still over there right now, kind of keeping an eye on those young clubs. That's like, has always been a, something that I've used, um, I like to say I got a all-time home visit with my guy, <laughs> Phil Pressey in, in Spain and Germany right now. Phil's in Germany. Marcus in China. Mike everywhere. Uh, Ricardo <laughs> in South Korea. Um, yeah. And so many more, like, just friends that are now playing. So, God, I got drafted. So, first and foremost, I have an assistant coach named Nate Thomason, who is Australia. Right. Played against Nate He's at Colorado when uh, I played in the Big 12. We worked together at Colorado. He is a really good basketball coach in all three facets player development game planning and scouting um, and recruiting he's a recruiting he's a pit bull recruiter and he was recruiting a kid named Josh Giddey a few years ago Josh Giddy is going to be a lottery pick Josh Giddy visited one college i think it was Colorado um, he was going to Josh Giddy went to college he would have went to Colorado and that was 100% because of Nate he decided to go pro in Australia and uh, play at the NBL. It was a great decision. I think he'll be a, a lottery pick in, in July's draft. Through watching all of Josh Giddey's games, Nate also got to see Blake Jones. At DC, we had a kid named Santi Vescovi, who was also at the institute in Australia, Santi Vescovi and Blake Jones were teammates. So Nate and I both intersected, not scouting Blake, but just watching his team, knew he was a good young player with high upside and high growth. And um, Nate got on him right away. Maybe my, Nate wasn't even here. I was at a pizza place getting dinner just like this with my phone on a, it's on a candle now, but it was on a pizza box. And I talked to Blake Jones, maybe my second day on the job on FaceTime. And we just recruited him really hard. Um, we really believe in him. We believe in his upside. I think if Blake Jones went to school on the West Coast, he'd be playing in a Pac-12 uh, next season. And a kid named Moenbach who's from Senegal, um, uh, uh, naturally, but he's been he was actually going to school in America planning the grind session at Colorado Prep. He actually had high major recruitment low Louisville. Uh, good programs. Colorado was recruiting uh, Colorado had a lot of bigs in their front had a lot of players in their front court. But I think the other high major schools that didn't end up with mowing by was because everyone's so portal-happy right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone is just obsessed with the portal that some really good 2021 players are falling through the cracks. Like, I watched a kid on film today from Baltimore. It's a 2021 kid from Baltimore, and I'm watching him on tape, and he's reclassing back to 22, and I'm like, this kid is good. But even the low-major programs, they want to be old. Mm -hmm. They don't want freshmen. They want old guys. They want the guys that didn't have success at Southeast Missouri State that may go down to a lower level or Missouri State all the way down. Like, everyone can feed off of the portal. The high majors are getting those transfers. The mid-majors are getting those. The mid-majors are getting some of those from the low. (laughs) Everyone's so here that the class of 2021 is like, what about us? (laughs) And, you know, I think Mo was a guy that we got to get and. For us to have two big guys in our program that are young and talented right now but both have high upside and growth was major for us.
0: Kim, we don't want to tie you up all night, but you mentioned something interesting there. I mean, look, you're a relationship guy, right? Like You you get to know people and stay in touch with them. You're a face to – how much are you looking forward to June 1st, all this ending, and you get to – whether it's go to a gym and watch an AAU event or have a kid actually on campus, It'll be the first time in 15 months you've gotten to recruit anybody in person.
2: I know the last time Coach Barnes and I went to a game was the state Tennessee state championship game with Chandler. Handler. Um, that wow. was the last player we seen, and uh, we obviously we, we got him. Um, and uh, it's 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 crazy to think we haven't been on the road in that long. Um, I'm excited. It's it's, it's going to start with. Inviting kids to campus now, the, uh, the NABC is discussing, um, you know, options for us to get off campus and go to watch. But I'm really excited and I've had to do it. But to be honest, I've hated watching these games on video. Yeah, I've hated watching the dad with his camera <laughs> <yelling> at the <laughs> ref and, and then taking. And it's just been like, it's been really hard to evaluate these games on these cameras and um i like to get in the gym and sit close and watch and watch the timeouts and watch him interact with his teammates and listen it's just so many things you can't get on film Mm -hmm. you know i'm at peach jam or
1: anywhere Kim, I know we we always like to uh, tie it back to Mizzou at, at some point. So I know head coaches a lot of times they like to you know bring in people to talk to the team throughout the course of a season, right? Who, who if you had to pick one former uh, teammate of yours at Missouri to come in and get the team fired up before a game, who are you picking? Andrew Jones. <laughs> there you Two go. Two sporter.
2: Andrew go. Jones, without a doubt. He is. Uh, he's been asking for Tulsa gear, Colorado gear, Tennessee. And now Mason, yeah, I've not got him a shirt yet. I actually had it to bring to Columbia this year, but I forgot it at the last minute. Um, my boy Big AJ will get the boys fired up. Hey,
0: I have I've seen Andrew Jones at Arrowhead Stadium. There's not a more fired up human being than that on the planet. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so all right, we're gonna we're gonna end you here, Kim, with another question from a viewer. This one maybe not quite as serious as, as the last one. Davin wants to know what George Mason's version of Cougars for Kimmy is now that you're going to be the head Um, coach (laughs) there. These people got long memories, man.
2: I don't know. I'm not. uh, The Cougars for Kimmy, they are their own entity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, hey, man, I I know you've got a ton of stuff going on. We appreciate you taking some time and hanging out with us. And uh, a lot of people out this way are going to be watching next season. Well, thank you.
2: Appreciate you guys and M I Z. All right.
0: Thanks a lot, Kimmy. Have thanks, a good one, Kim. man. Kim English from uh George Mason now, the head basketball coach at uh George Mason. And uh look, like I said, man, the uh the only uh I think the only division one coach I've covered, uh, you know, at this point in time. There I don't know, yeah. maybe there'll be another one out there, but uh he's the only one I know of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you've covered us not only a player, but a recruit.
0: That's pretty, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> look, I remember yeah, talking yeah. to Kim the day he committed hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whew, man. So yeah, I, I've been doing this a minute. Um, but I definitely appreciate the time. And like, look, it's, I thought it was pretty interesting. He said he started his binder when he was a player. I mean, that's, that's the kind of guy that becomes a mid-major head coach at 33 years old.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, that really impressive. And, uh, just, you know, to hear it really interesting to hear about, you know, all the, the challenges you're dealing with as far as, you know not only, I mean, just, you know, any coach right now, it's hard to uh, retain and assemble a roster with all the, the different stuff going on, especially this off season. Like, you know um, what part of the reason this, I'm going off on a little tangent here, but you know, talking about 2021 guys slipping through the cracks, I don't think that's just because of the portal. It's because of the extra year that was given to COVID, which is something due to COVID, which is something we've been talking about for a while. A lot of high school kids are going to miss out on an opportunity as a result, but just hearing all the different stuff that you have to you would have to go through as a, First time head coach. I mean, like, I think it probably takes me about a year to get 1,200 text messages.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I definitely have never. I'm also like not one of those people that can take a screenshot of my phone with like 1,500 unread emails. Like. Yeah. Dude, when I get an email, I look at it and I delete 98% of them because 98% right. of them are crap. But I don't want to see that right. huge number on my phone. So. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. But I think that just shows that we're not quite in as high of demand. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm like, if I get 1,200 text messages, I mean, 500 of them are from my wife, and 400 of them are from you or Dave matter, so. Yeah,
1: if I get even a quarter of that many in a short period, something better be on fire. Like, we better have some crazy news going on. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, so, look, I was not going to put this on on Kim, but we've had a bunch of people mention it in the comments, so we're just going to address it real quick, kind of finish up this way. Uh, he, like Hanzo, but if he, it would be hard for us to find a better guy than Kim, if he come comes in a couple years, basically like, look, we know that's out there. Right. Um, <laughs> but he, he, Kim hadn't coached a game. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he is focused on George Mason and here's the other thing you got to think long and hard about taking a job at your alma mater, because if you go ask Kim Anderson, what his relationship is with Missouri today, it isn't very good. If you ask Barry Odom what his relationship is with Missouri, it isn't very good. It, I, you know, going home is, man, that's tough. Like, I, I remember when Mike Anderson got hired at Arkansas, and there were Arkansas people that said, I don't want to do this because someday we're going to have to fire him and it's going to suck. And that's mm-hmm. what happened, you know. And most coaches get fired, and that's a hard thing when it's your school.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like, I think it's, you know, obviously it's great for for Kim to get a a head coaching job this early, but it's honestly probably good for Mizzou too, because no matter, almost no matter where he was on the coaching ladder, there was going to be, you know, some people who threw out, we should hire Kim English. And now at least you will have the opportunity to evaluate him as a head coach. So that, that is definitely uh, more helpful. And and I think that will more than anything else determine whether or not he's seriously considered. I mean, like, yes, there's this big trend going on right now of hiring, you know, alums, former players, former successful players who can, you know, I mean, you know, recruit connect with recruits. I mean, Kim, what he's said, like he said, you know, he's 36 years old, he should be able to connect to recruits, but, Missouri, I would think will be, it would be a little bit more immune from that instinct because of the fact that it most recently hired two alums in both football and basketball and neither one worked out.
0: So we'll see. And so look, there's a long way to go. I, I think it'd be great if it was a conversation at some point. And I understand the natural reaction is to ask that question. I mean, Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. This is the same fan base who has tried to hire Chase Daniel as offensive coordinator 15 consecutive <laughs> offseasons. and he's still playing in the NFL. So, you know, yeah. just keep asking. You never know. Maybe eventually Kimmy comes back. But, uh, you know, it would yeah. be interesting. I'd I'd love to see, uh, you know, George Mason maybe come play here. Uh, I think that would be pretty yeah, cool. Uh, I don't know if that's yeah. a thing Conzo would be interested in or Kim would be interested in, to be quite honest. But, look, there are enough terrible games in a basketball season like, schedule me something that entertains me. Kim English coach and George yeah. Mason at Missouri Arena would entertain me.
1: Absolutely. Give us some storylines in the non-con. That's why I always, I, I, you know, I and I get why fans don't think this way, but I'm always all for it. Yeah, I play SLU, play Missouri State, play all the local schools, play, you know, the regional, you know, non non sec members you know kansas kansas state all of them and then yeah get me give me george mason in here with cam or any other storyline you can think of
0: all right there you heard it mitch is going to spend the next uh next two months designing missouri's basketball schedule we've got umkc Slu, missouri state george mason kansas kansas state already illinois and, on there and you're halfway halfway and Utah but they're going to bail at the last right. minute. Utah's <laughs> never going to play here. No. The question. annual tradition. No question. So uh well guys, I hope you enjoyed uh hearing from Kim and uh and we definitely enjoyed catching up with him. Uh it it really didn't cross my mind that like you that i hadn't introduced he hadn't used your full name the moment where he discovered who you were was by far the best part of the show so
1: <laughs> i thought i i mean like i've talked to him via podcast before but right. i guess there was no video involved so probably didn't click yeah. um yeah i uh, and i mean like i would say like you know i do say hey at a recruiting thing but we don't doesn't don't those aren't a thing anymore like right. i haven't been on at a recruiting event with actual coaches there in two years so right yeah that's kind of crazy
0: yeah well uh appreciate you guys watching uh not only tonight but all along um and again we'll be back you know periodically we'll kind of update you hey this is going on so maybe we'll jump on and do a show you know when when seven four stars transfer to missouri in the next month or whatever hey we'll do a show about it um but until then, we're going to just kind of uh, hang out, see what happens, uh, maybe play a little golf, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll work again on July 22nd when Eli Drinkwitz talks at SEC Media Desk.
1: That would be fine with me if we can make it that long.
0: So, so all right, Mitch, talk to you July 22nd, man. Thanks for hanging out yeah that all right. sounds great once again uh before you guys sign off we're still gonna have some some video and stuff throughout the summer so hit the like button subscribe to the channel let people know what we're doing over here we'll uh we're gonna have big plans for for next season and all that and and like i said we'll be here now and again uh 573 T's has sponsored this show all year long check them out at 573 tees.com once again there is going to be a physical location in Columbia. Um, We're going to definitely, going into football season, we're going to let you guys know all about that. It should be up and going by then. Uh, So when you're in town, you've got a place to maybe go buy some new gear. But uh, appreciate the guys at 573Ts uh, helping us out and being a part of this, making it possible. Thanks to Kim English for joining us. And uh, I don't know, guys, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Thanks.